God's people on today's show, we talk about the unsung heroes, step parents, and how they save lives by bridging gaps and broken homes. I'll be calling up my homie Meech Real on the line to talk about the Fathership Project. He'll even get into a little bit of his personal situation. Yeah, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not talking about my family today. But we do shout out my niece, Tay-Tay, who I love. My Tay, my Tay, my Tay, my Tay. You either know my music or you don't. Right about now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration. Now in session. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Step parents save lives. Shout out to all the step parents out there, man. Um, today we're gonna have a great show. I got my homie uh Meech Real coming through the show to talk about the fathership project. We're gonna talk about parenting, and we're gonna get a step parents out there some love today. I know all step parents ain't perfect, and I know everybody don't have step parents. Don't get emotional. You know, these days, you can barely even talk about a topic because whoever you leave out is like, oh, wait a minute. My situation isn't like that, Jermaine. Look, we're not trying to capture every situation in the world, but Meech is going to come and talk about his particular story, uh, which in different dynamics and different ways I can relate to as a child that had to grow up and go in between two families. Um, in what is called an AKA broken home. Uh, but we're not talking about my situation today, you know, so don't nobody be on edge. All my family listen to the show. It's all love to everybody. We talking about Meech family. So if you Meech family, you might want to buckle up. And I don't know what he going to say. But no, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And I know so many people deal with this, like all the dynamics of step parenting. And, and here's one thing I'll say, like without necessarily knowing where me and Meech conversation is going to go, the one thing I'll say is, like, if you a step parent out there, man, like, understand the value of the role that you play. And I think sometimes, you know, for maybe other personal reasons or whatever is going on, people, parents, adult issues impact children. And so, yeah, salute to the good step parents out there today. Sometimes maybe you might not hear it as much um, or maybe you might feel less than. I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But you are needed and you are appreciated because life has a lot of complexity. And, you know, I believe step parents are a sign of God's grace. You know, when, you know, they take their role seriously and do it right. And some people abuse that. We know. And hopefully this will encourage you if you are a step parent or have a step parent or whatever it is, man. We trying to, like, bridge those gaps in the name of Jesus for a greater cause of preaching and promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Along those lines, I'm going to share a song um, that I've shared on the show before, but maybe you're a new listener and you want to check out my music. You could just add J. Will Music to your Apple Music and Spotify playlist. That is J. Will Music with one L. J-W-I-L Music. You know how to spell music. I'm going to share this song called Under the Sun, which is important to me because it's a song about my unborn Son. 
Let me get my emotions intact. Get emotional, man. It's just tough. No, um, in particular, in my third verse, um, I shout out my niece. Um, and if you know about Tay Tay, that is my heart lover. I got a lot of nieces and nephews, and I love them all. And I try to make sure people don't people understand the dynamics of like me and Tay and how we connected and just you know all of that. Is it doesn't mean any of the other nephews and nieces are less than. It's just kind of like you know sometimes you connect with people. That's why people have best friends. And I mean you know. Nobody ever calls out a worse friend. You know what I'm saying? The, the best friend just gets a little love. So um, this song in the third verse has a little bit of love to Tay-Tay. So if you never heard Under the Sun, you're about to hear it right now. And when we return, I'm going to have my homie Meech Real on the line. And we're going to talk to him about fathership. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Enjoy the inspiration. Son on a Sunday, you know what my son say. Nothing, cause I ain't got no son. I know I will one day, but if I don't, I'll die dreaming. I keep believing in Jesus. I know he sees that I seen him. I'm giving Caesar with Caesars, but this is kingdom. I need the king, him. But how could I need what I never seen? See, when I told you I seen him, I was just dreaming. He has a brand new face every time I sleep. It's like brand new grace every time I'm weak. It's like I try to hide my face every time I weep. Cause they don't understand I don't want the sympathy I just want a legacy How they gon' remember me If I never plant a seed That can grow into a tree I don't wanna be a branch Without a leaf when I leave But at least I believe That I'm at peace with my queen It's nothing new under the sun It's nothing new under the sun The sun makes all things new The sun makes all things new It's nothing new under the sun Nothing new under the sun. The sun makes all things new. The sun makes all things new, yeah. Lord, let my faith come now. Can I see my faith come now? I'm putting all my trust in you. No matter what, I'ma stay cool. You got me standing face to face with faith to faith. I'm afraid to face my fate. What if I don't like your answers to the prayers? Did I pray? Enough? A couple times I found myself at a loss of words. A couple times it all started getting on my nerves. I ain't know what to say. I ain't know how to pray. I ain't even gotta pray. Man, the devil is a lies humbling inside. I'm trying to stay afloat but feel like I'ma drown. Why? Look me in my eyes. See the water about to rise from the tears I hold inside. I've been swimming all this time. And now my friends look surprised. Like I ain't even knowing I've been with them all this time. Cause most people don't listen. So even when they hear it, they don't get it. All this vanity, Old Testament, New Testament. Even when I doubt, I feel faith is never shady under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. The sun makes all things new. The sun makes all things new. It's nothing new under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. The sun makes all things new. Just enough faith to keep making it But I don't think we got enough faith to be atheists I grew up with two dads, my son don't even have one Never would have thought I'd have to settle for a godson May not have a namesake, but I got two nephews That can make my name great Charlie and Zay Zay, both their middle names Jay Man, that feels so great And on top of that, God sent my Tay, my Tay Tay, my Tay My Tay, my Tay Oh, that's my Tay, my Tay 
You just heard Under the Sun by yours truly, J-Will Music. That was produced by Darrell Red Campbell Jr. And that is from my project, which has the same title as this podcast, Inspire God's People. If you want to hear that song and more, just search and add J-Will Music to your Spotify and Apple Music playlist, as well as anywhere else where digital music is played. And now you know what time it is. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. Yo. Meets real. What up, boy? What's the deal? You answered <laughs> on the first ring, bro. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I just be excited with my phone ring now, so it's like, hey, answer it. <laughs> hey, I feel <laughs> you, dude. Like, my my phone be ringing, and all right, so I don't answer calls that I don't know. Like, if I don't know your number, and it's to the Ooh. point now that like, cause every time I do answer is like the warranty on your car is about to. I'm like, uh, I can't do this. So it's messed up, dude. That like the best phone calls I have to look forward to today is spam. Thanks. That's funny because for me, because like I said, with how my schedule is now, I actually take them opportunities to talk to people. So they call, whether it's a debt collector or whatever. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, oh, you, know, <laughs> you know, you got this balance of such and such. Are you able to pay them? Like, no, I'm not. But what's going on with you other than that? Like, right. you know, yeah, Lord, I can keep them on the phone before they just say, sir, well, you know, just call us when you can. Like, sweet. And you, and you know they call us be monitored. Today. Yeah, they, they call us be monitored. <laughs> exactly. So they ain't really trying to kick it with you. No, oh, man. Yeah, I'm part well, of the training. Welcome back to the show, bro. It's been a minute, man. You know, we didn't had the pandemic all year long and yeah, you ain't been on here in a minute. Everything. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, everything it's, happened. It's crazy. So so tell the people what's been up with you, man. You know, you could talk about whatever, you know, you got the pandemic. I don't know what you want to say or don't want to say about that and what y'all been what doing, how y'all been surviving, bro. I guess, man, first and foremost, I ha- I have to say, man, that um that listen that um I've been drinking bleach, the family been drinking bleach and bathing in bleach and um we've been so man, far. What is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> no man, listen for real, for real. Don't drink bleach, good, nobody out there, please. Yeah, no, please don't do it. If you yeah, if you new to the show, Meech has a segment um called the Nothing <laughs> News. Meech is very crazy and, and comedic. <laughs> so for my new listeners, yeah, no. please don't go out there and hurt yourself. Yeah, don't try this at home. We are Trained bleach drinking professionals. No, I'm joking. We don't Why, do that. Bro. Please don't. No, don't do it. But no, for real. For I actually just made a post the other day, man. Um, the midst of the pandemic, as 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 challenging as it's been and everything that's happened, um, I had to sit back and really realize I became a better father in 2020. Like, I legit had like I had no choice. Interesting. To become a better father. So 2020 for me, pandemic, Corona, all the other names that we got for it is. It's been a time where I've been forced to be able to focus on the stuff that I've always wanted to focus on. And it's tough to actually be, you know, like for me, it's, it's t- I've been struggling with taking joy and pride in that when there's people that are sick, people that have died, people that are not able to, you know, mourn the way we're supposed to mourn with all the psychological and spiritual warfare that's going on. It's, I mean, it's just, it's so, it's been so much that I almost feel guilty that I am finding silver lining. 
or that I have benefited, you know what I'm saying? Like by the grace of God, you know, I, I have had extended family members that I have passed, but my, my actual, my, my nuclear family, even to, all the way to my father, that side, no one has gotten sick. We've had a couple scares, but everybody is healthy. And so that for me, the highlights of this time has been, I have been able to spend a hundred percent of my time with the most important people in my life. And I've been able to keep my bills on track. So it's been like a, I know it's, it's like what well, bittersweet is like, man, yeah. such is going on, but I'm doing everything that I've been grinding to want to prepare myself to go. I thought I was going to have to hit the lottery to be able to spend as much time at home and still be able to make, do the things that I've been wanting to do. And I've, that's an interesting yeah. way to look at it. Like, yeah. you know, when you talk about like, you know, the most important people to you being home with your kids and uh -huh. thinking that you was going to have to hit the lottery for this. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of appreciate that perspective. Um, but can you talk a little more like you when you say you've been a better father or has taught you to be a better father? Like, what would you say specifically? So specifically, um, I was raised. My father is the man, um, as tough as it is and as little words that he says, and I'm still scared of him, my father instilled in me that a father pays bills and makes sure his family eats and he defends the house. Like, my dad was kind of like a gargoyle in that aspect. Like, he, you didn't really see him during the day, but at night he broke from the, I don't know if you saw the cartoon, but there was a cartoon with the gargoyles and he broke from the stone and defended the whole castle while everybody was sleeping. Because in real life, my father spent most of the time working, so I didn't really see him unless he was sleeping. But I was—I always knew I was safe. That was something that my dad always made sure I knew. So when I came growing up, I made sure I paid bills. I made sure my kids ate. I made sure my wife had what she needed to, to be. But I thought the mother's responsibility in being present in a home. So when 2020 happened, and because of the industry I work in, they sent us home, and we yeah. weren't working. So me being I became a better father because the, I didn't have to go pay B. I didn't have to go work and defend the house. And I was present. And yeah. for the first couple, first couple weeks, I didn't catch that. So I was stealing my motor, running around. I would still get out and I was jumping into my real estate business. And I was doing all these other existential things, trying to bring money to the family, but I wasn't present. And it wasn't until um, some things slowed down. Just for the, all everything just started slowing down. The more restrictions came down or whatever, where I had to actually be in the house, talking to them, asking them questions, fussing at them for doing this, hearing the stuff that they saying, seeing the parts of me that they talking, and like I, I started having to pay attention to my sons and started to see things in them that they needed correction, cultivation. It's another scene, man. I love the yeah. but I missed it. But no, they needed, but they needed me present, and it was nothing I could pay for or protect or instill in them uh, outside of being there. Yeah, no, I so, feel that. Yeah. You you got a situation okay. like where you had to be forced to be home, and I don't know. That's that's like mm -hmm. a real interesting dynamic to me. The way you <laughs> broke down, like how you grew up, your father was out working, and that was like. And again, these are things that need to be done, right? I, I guess it's something mm -hmm. that, as a parent, you probably try to balance. And maybe when you're in the flow of just working in regular life and things are going fast, and you're thinking, oh, I drop them off at school and pick them up or whatever, like, you're not necessarily maybe thinking about all the time that you miss. 
So, yeah, I mean, truth be told, I was raised, I was, my household was, it's the woman's job to be there all the time. It was the woman's job to be present in your kid's life. The man made sure that the bills were paid and the life stayed off. Yeah, like, and I, and see, that's such a, I think it's such a, yeah, but you're speaking to like the generational flaws, right? So, and this is where mm -hmm. this get tricky because I'm definitely not one that's for how progressive things have become now. Whereas like mm -hmm. you just, yo, there is no real purpose of the man or there, like there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of weird stuff now that's changed, but that doesn't mean yeah. how everything was, was always right. Cause I think part of how things were. You know, people did the best they could with what they knew at the time and what right. they had access to. But to your point, because uh, I look at like, I tend to look at like my grandfather's generation and like I never knew either one of my grandfathers for real. Uh, one of them passed, one of them still alive. I've met him. Um, I've probably been around him mm, two, three, maybe four times. First mm -hmm. time I met him, I was about 17. And even in that regard, dude was like real disconnected. We went to his house and it's like, oh, cool. You know, and mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person I'm not calling you granddaddy. It's like, what up, bro? Like, I don't know you. Granddad is <laughs> not just the title. It's a relationship. But my point is like, when I look at how he, you know, the times I've been around him, the last time I was around him, it was about four years ago. And just a couple times I've been around him. He's so disconnected. Like, not only has yeah. like he didn't ever have a relationship with us. Or with like my mom, and I don't want to tell her story, but yeah. even when you come around them, it's like I'm like it. It seemed like you kind of low key want us here, but you don't even know what to do because you've been so disconnected. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so it's definitely some flaws in in those generations, um, and and I think it's flaws in how we are now. But it's dope that you have been able to kind of identify that and and kind of see like okay. You know, even though it was forced during the pandemic, but this is one of the things mm -hmm. I've been telling people. Problems create opportunities. These problems yeah. created opportunities for you and your sons. So tell us a little bit about your sons, man. You you know, um, obviously y'all family for me, so I know y'all, you know what I mean? But the people might not know yeah. you got three boys, whatever you want to say about them. But give your sons a shout out, man. Sweet, sweet. So that's actually, that's funny. That's that's the, the whole premise of what I'm, what I am heading to with my platform and my brand is literally... I am trying to build and create an inheritance. So my podcast is an inheritance, whether from the information, from the conversation. So everything is a shout out to my boys. Like I want, I want to leave something in the earth, not just money um, and not just legacy in that one area, but actual content conversations where they'll be able to go back and hear me still talking to them, even when I'm not even here anymore, you know, when I'm in heaven, I love you it. know, doing, doing what I'm doing. So um, my oldest boy, uh, my first best friend is Carter who is uh, my wife's son. And I actually met him seven days, seven days out the womb, like fresh, fresh out of, out of that bubble. First bubble <laughs> for the NBA. The That's bubble, the right. So, the first bubble. Game so, seven. Uh, <laughs> I met him seven, yeah, seven days, August 4th. And um, it's, it's such a, it's so weird because I took a picture of him when I first, you know, my uh, Toya, my wife, of course, we knew each other since we was kids. So it was a normal day. Hey, Toya had a baby. Let's go check her out. I said, cool. I got a haircut. Said, Let me stun on Toya real quick. You know, because we always had this weird little flirty <laughs> thing, but we never tried to talk to each other, but I always wanted to make sure she knew that I was cold. Like, I just had to try to put the, keep that in <laughs> so her mind. Funny. I don't know why, 
because when I asked her about that later on, she never noticed any yeah, of my Yeah, she never was, thought you was cold, never knew. Never noticed what happened. So I don't know why, but we went over to the house, and when I saw Carter, um, the little he was a little glowworm baby, I took a picture of him. That's, you know, and from that moment, you know, we were kind of like friends and family, but I was like, nah, I want to. You know, because the father wasn't involved, you know, and I was like, uh, you know, we friends, we cousins, kind of our mothers was best friends. I live around the corner from you. I'm going to make sure that, you know, your neighbors see a man bouncing, you know, back and forth. I cut the grass. I need groceries. You know, I immediately wanted to be in his life. Um, and I can't really explain why. Like, I mean, I can't explain why now, but I didn't know why. I just automatically because I dated girls with kids. You know, I mean, unfortunately, nowadays, most men, if you're trying to date in your 20s, you're going to have to learn how to be a stepfather. It's just a reality that some, most people right. have to deal with. But um, I never connected with a kid and never just ever saw it. But it was something about the baby that made me, like, change. Like, I'm like, hmm, I want to be there. So um, that happened. Um, it kind of sped up a little bit because being in her life with, with Carter and understanding how dependent kids become of people, like they bond quickly. Because I was there to the point where I'm feeding them. You know, I'm just around. He got connected, and it kind of challenged me that if I was going to be in there, I was going to be in there. Let me ask you so, this real quick. Please, when yeah. you when you talk, because that's interesting. I've I've actually never had this conversation with you, ironically. So, um, I mean, I knew the general story, but I never knew the detail behind it. Like, was, when you met him, he's seven days old. Mm-hmm. Was there, like, a connection with y'all outside of you and Toya almost instantaneously? Yes. Okay. I, it was yeah, it was immediate, and that's why it was tough, because you know, the story of it is I fell in love with him first. You know, gotcha. I, my immediate the immediate desire was because like Toy was a friend of the family, my, our mothers was best friends. Um, and I wanted I was gonna be cool with her. I was gonna be the uncle or the friend. Like I never. I didn't, when I saw him, I didn't immediately think, oh, me and her going to get together. I thought that this is a dope opportunity to be a mentor, to be a friend, to be close, to be a, you know, a man in this kid's life. You know, I literally wanted to be in his life from the get-go. It took about six, seven months later that I started looking like, oh, yeah, I think I found my wife. Like, I kind of look back and, okay, and smell so, like, um, I knew that then, but it didn't click, it didn't click at the same time. So the, so the, uh, the original immediate connection was with Carter, not mm-hmm. Toya. That's amazing. Now, I can relate to that because my niece Tatum, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I have... My Tay, my Tay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I have about 16 nephews and nieces, I think. Um, 16 <laughs> every All year. It, it's some um, in the bun, too, for people. Like, my brothers and sisters pop them out, bro. Like, they coming. We got more coming. So... <laughs> When you got 16, 17 nephews and nieces, like, um, and I got to try to be careful how I say this, like, it's a difference. A nephew and a niece, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully at all, but it's like they're a nephew and a niece. It's like a cousin. Once you yeah, have one or much. two cousins, we got 50 cousins, but when you get a new cousin, it's like, oh, what up, bro? How you doing? It ain't really like you love them because they're your cousin, but it ain't like some huge moment. And, um, you know, so Tatum is... Um, my sister, which is, you know, my wife's sister, um, her daughter and, um, you know, but they just my sister. So, um, I don't really do the in-law thing. In-law stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's my sister. I've been knowing them forever. They family. 
But um, you know, she got two boys before that, and it's like again, they part, they my nephews, just like again, along with the other hundred nieces and nephews. But and, and the thing with me was like, I don't really watch kids. I don't babysit kids, bro. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just too busy. I can't really make that sacrifice <laughs> until I have my own. Like, and if God yeah. not gonna give me kids, I'm gonna always be too busy for kids, right? That's my mindset. <laughs> so right. Tiff wanted to babysit Tatum. Um, she brings her over one day. And she come in and the baby crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Tatum probably two or three months at the time. Maybe four at four at the most. Sometime somewhere between two and four months. The baby's crying. Tiff tells the story slightly differently. So you know how this is like four years ago now. You know how stories start changing depending on mm-hmm. who's telling it. But the general story is the same. It's to the point where I get confused. But I do know this. Um, the first day, the first day she came over here, um, we had a connection. I used to sing to her. Um, she stopped crying. Um, would not let me put her down. I've had I had to walk <laughs> her in circles for 30 minutes. I've never done anything like this. And instantly there was a connection to this day. Um, just saw her about a week and a half ago. We played for like an hour. I go to her house and see her. Um, you know, before the pandemic, maybe once every other week and spend an hour, two hours with her. And she FaceTimes me. So that like my point is. Even though I have 15 or 16 nieces and nephews, this was a kid. I never connected with a kid before. Like I didn't, I don't mm-hmm. have children, so I never even knew this was possible. I just thought kids be, they just there yeah. and they just messed stuff up. But with her, it was different. Sorry for the long story. But I, no, I said dope. that to say I can connect. So what might not make sense to people with mm-hmm. you and Carter, it makes total sense to me. I know that I'm her uncle. I stay in the place. I ain't her daddy. I don't tell, you know, people what to do with, you know, that's, she got her parents, but I'm, I'm not just her uncle. I'm uncle. And so it's it's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And it's also different because like you said, the point that you made, like it's the presence. See, uh, sometimes because of blood or relationship, people just, we have titles. They, uh, they just assume relationship just because we related. But the bonding, but the bonding is what's so crazy. The whole, the whole Tatum wouldn't have been Tatum to you if she wouldn't have came over there and y'all had the bond. And like that's you it. said, it was annoying at first. She crying, like, no, she coming, because that's what kids do. They come in, they just wreck up your whole plan. Literally. Like, anything you got going on, it's like, no, nah, I'm here. I'm the smallest thing in here, but I need, oh, I, I, it's a black hole of attention they desire. And that literally changed. Hey, that's a great way For to it. put it because. That's what she did, and that turned into just her coming over every other month and, like, just something that she's four years old now, and I literally love her. I know I'm not her father. I respect her parents, so I'll do respect her pops out there. No, I try not to cross lines, you know what I mean? Um, like, I know my role as her uncle, but I love her like she's my daughter. Um, I love her like I never loved a kid before in my life. And your role is just important. That's that's kind of the 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 some of the some some of where we got lost in translation when it came to you know the village you know I, it takes a whole village to raise a child and you know the father can't do it by himself. My dad was cold, but my uncle, my grandfather, like it was a lot of other men that helped my dad be the man he needed to be for me yeah. to grow up. To you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it was a it was a whole team sport. And unfortunately, the reality the reality of this is that because y'all bonded, when she comes over, that's her house. Like so, when like say all the other cousins yep. come over, like all oh, that's like this this is her spot. Like 
and it's because of the relationship that was implanted. And that's and that's like said, no, that's like, really how yeah. she act. Like, bro, yeah. she four, and she like she know our how. Like, she be like, hey, I'm going upstairs. I'm like, no, get down here. What's up there? I want to go to your. So it's 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 funny, and if I'm being honest, because I don't have kids, it's also a great gift from God for me. To mm-hmm. where, like, you know, as much as I still, I still want my own kids for sure for me and my wife. Sure. But for God to allow me to experience that type of love, because again, I don't know the difference. Maybe until I have kids and realize, like, whoa, that's not even that was just, you know. But for for the type of love that I've in, in connection I've had with a kid, like mm-hmm. I, I think it that was the moment, Meech. I don't know if you knew before you and Carter that it was possible to have a connection with a kid. I never knew that was possible because you look at kids like they ain't even real people. They ain't even all the way who they are, but her personality and who she was, I'm literally telling you, she's been that since she was a baby. She was a baby, of course. And I'm assuming. See, this is what's tough. Go ahead. I mean, so what's tough about it is like, you know, because this is not politically correct, but so many people have these things like, oh, you you won't understand until you have your own. And there's some scenarios, I guess, you could probably say that to be true, but like I said, Carter's not my biological son. But I'm That's a but to great, have so great, have great. not have a biological son, then I have two others that are my biological kids. And I can't differentiate love. Like I can't like, oh yeah, you know, this me and Croy, me and Chase's love. I, I I literally can't. And see that that though, you talked yeah. about learning how to be a stepfather. Like that's something, man, I wish people could could take stepmothers, stepfathers, because people get in these relationships with individuals and the kids was already there. And mm-hmm. and grown people make stuff weird. Whereas like, bro, like that child didn't do anything to you. They didn't, you know, make any decisions. Y'all made those decisions. But like you really? said, I I admire the fact of like, yo, being able to, and I anybody who's ever around you, like they see that. And Carter's, all your boys are cool. I just, I just ran in a little chase the other day. He the funny one. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, my yeah, man looked like sure. he definitely wasn't trying to take that picture with me that I took. No, he, he, he mass funny <laughs> style. Um, so. It's, I get, when I go back to, honestly, it's the grace of God because I didn't connect with kids. I didn't want kids. I'm a very selfish person by nature. Um, cause I'm very defensive, just how I grew up. I created a lot of defensive blocks to not let people in. Cause I, you know, was rejected in certain areas right. and because of how my, my mom and dad who loved me immensely hated each other. That created such a hole that when I saw a kid where one of the parents weren't around, I immediately took it personal. So gotcha. for car, so when I first met Carter and I, and I, and I first heard that his father wasn't, um, there. And I'm and I'm just gonna be honest. Like when I when I come, like you said, your baby's seven days old. Uh, unless you're in Iraq or your schedule, and I just came at the wrong time. Yeah. I don't understand. And this is just me. I try not to be self-righteous, but I am pretty passionate about it. I don't be understanding why the father is not there. That whole mama's baby, papa's maybe is one of those one of those old old legends that I wish people would just stop adopting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause, so, so when I when I heard that that was the case i thought about little demetrius who when mom and dad was fussing at each other didn't like each other and i i sat in my room by myself and how lonely i felt 
or the days when I was with my mama, but I wanted my dad or vice versa. I'm like, oh no, he need a he need at least and my you know my step my aunties and my uncles who were that for me. You know what I'm saying? My uncle Mike, my yeah. like these people just they just stepped up and they and helped you, a lot. And you need that. Like people don't realize you you know, shout out to you know, especially, you know, growing up in our community, all the strong black mothers and things like that. And I take nothing away from a person who steps up into a role because someone else ain't there. It's like we both played sports growing up. It's like, yo, next mm-hmm. man up. If one person get injured, so, you can't just leave the, the spot open. So, you know, definitely no shot at uh, mothers who did the best they could with what they had. But I think sometimes, you know, we are not careful in how we celebrate that. And here's what I mean. I want to celebrate the mother, you know, or the father, the parent that mm-hmm. stepped up into a role. Cause one wasn't there. But I, what mm-hmm. I don't want to do is glamorize that position to make other people seek after it. So it's like, it would be okay. like certain things are, if, if I made it seem like being, being a starting pitcher for the New York Yankees is a prestigious position, right? So mm-hmm. other people want that position. I think sometimes we make being a single parent a prestigious position oh, yeah. that other people it. now want to be a single parent versus celebrating the person that did it, but also pointing out, yeah, they shouldn't have had to do it that way, or that's not how you want to have to do it. But if that's the position you in, do your thing, much love to you, you killing it, we love you, God bless you. But we don't want to create the next generation to follow necessarily in that path if it was pre- it's preventable. Not it's yeah, not ideal. Exactly. I'm going to say that. Yeah, because God's grace is not the blueprint. He does desire lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So even though God's grace carries, because the difference of it is a single mother, the, the reason why a woman or a, father, or a single father, the, the reason they're able to do the things they're doing, they're able to do with a child without the other uh, parent in there. Is because of God. So even the conversation of being a single parent, we're neglecting the fact that even though you are a single parent, there's a whole God that made sure you got it through. So you still didn't do it by yourself. So yeah. even in absence, God still has a desire and a blueprint for it to be people there. That's why they say he's a father to the fatherless. So that means you a single mother, and but God is the, like he did. I get weird when you start saying God is my baby daddy, and I, you know, <laughs> I'm not branding that. Yeah. I've heard it. Right. Yeah. So, I can't rock with that. And to a, but to another point, I want, you know, the one thing um, with my, even especially specifically with my son's situation and why I'm passionate about this stuff is that because his father hasn't been in his life yet. But my whole desire and the whole platform and everything that we're doing is to create the framework and the ability that whenever he's ready, he can come back in. Okay. Because, all, right. all right. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. Because that. I want to ask you something before we go there, because okay. I think that like that that's really, really good information. And I think this is going to help a lot of people, hopefully mothers and fathers, um, because you, you just said something right there. Like you're already thinking about the framework for if and when his father wants to be a part of his life. He needs it. It's a, it's, it's, it's something that God put in him that he'll always desire. And I think that sometimes because of how hard life is and how much it hurts that we'll, we'll, we'll receive the, we'll take, it's tough. We'll take the substitute over the, or the original thing. 
So and it's tough because, like I said, my ego and I'm just be you know keeping it honey. My ego is that's my son, right? He's mine, but then technically he's God's. You know, we got to give our kids back to God. Right. So because I didn't actually take part in creating him, but God gave me the opportunity to be a part of some of the most pivotal parts of his life. There's still somebody else that is very important to my son's development. That if he never comes back into play, my son will be affected. My father told me um, when I, you know, when I first got into this relationship, he said that you know you won't have to deal with this, but understand that you can't protect your people from people that they're supposed to love. So man, that's his, that's that was heavy. deep. And my, and my dad is is not deep, but he be deep. He <laughs> think he deep, but he not. But that was that's hilarious. You can you cannot protect your children from people they're supposed to love. So that means that if my son never gets to have a relationship with his biological father. It's going to affect them. It's nothing I can do. But I will say this because though. I, w- I will. Okay. I want to do two things. I want to first say, like, just celebrate that mentality. Like, because mm-hmm. I think for you being in your position, right. And you said it, not me. You said you were naturally a selfish person. I would yeah. imagine you putting in all the work. You've been raising little buddy since he was seven days old. He is your yeah. son. Because, and I got the receipt. Exactly, and on top of that, relationship goes beyond titles. Yes, way beyond. And I think some of mm-hmm. us get caught up into thinking that the title defines the relationship, but really, like the relationship that like you are in with him is the, a father son relationship. And mm-hmm. but I think it's dope for you to understand the in the complexities of life, and it might not feel fair and. And how yeah. tough it is understanding like, man, there's something in most kids that want to know. You see you see stories all the time or like person grew up as a foster child, orphan. And it's like, who are my parents? It's something in <laughs> us that wants to know. But here's what I will tell you, though. Like at the end of the day, because you also can't control, just like your dad said, you can't control your people from who they're supposed to love. You also can't control the people they're supposed to love. So mm-hmm. if his father never comes into the into the um, equation, I believe that God's grace. So similar to what we said about the single mother, where that's not a mm-hmm. position you should covet because God grace covers it in the same way. In this sense, I do believe that if his father decides not to ever come back in the, in the equation, Not saying y'all might not have some tough days and some tough conversations, but I think that's where God's grace is sufficient and y'all will be okay. And he will be okay because of God using you. And that is amazing. Um, I want, I want to talk about something real quick. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell us, and and we kind of, um, you know, we're really talking about it, but I want to directly talk about it. And then we can go into more some details and because you, you started uncovering some uh, good things just about even learning how to be a stepfather like that. That to me is just a dope thought. But um, tell us about the fathership project. Like, what is it? Um, this is what you're doing now. You had kind yeah. of the brand change from from meet live with meets real. So just tell it's us a little bit about part fathership and, and how you got here. So. um Two years ago, I had a thought about just encouraging fathers. Um, me and my dad, I actually got a job working with my uh, working in the same plant with my father. And 
getting to know him in a different different arena and finding out how much we had in common. Me and my father had a very strange relationship because of him and my mother's relationship, and they didn't. They were young. They made every mistake a young person could make. Um, having a child, you know what I'm saying? It's not easy. So I had a lot of reserves, and I was so angry at my father. So true story, it's funny. Mad at my dad. I don't want to be nothing like him. Get that guy. I'm gonna be better than him. I'm not, you know, all the, all the you know, all the Antoine Fisher stuff you can think of. <laughs> my father works in a plant, and he's the union rep of that plant, right? I work in a plant across the street, and I'm the and I was a union rep at that plant for 11 years before I came over to work. So, so what was funny to me is that as mad as I was at my dad. Somehow, I'm talking about without talking to him, without being close with him, doing everything my own way, I still almost became the same person he was. Nature versus still, nurture. <laughs> like it was retarded. It made no sense. Even to the point that the job I got that he didn't help me get was literally across the street. Like I, the last 14 years of my life, I've worked on the same corner. That's and crazy. That's a whole other blessing in itself. Yeah. Different pace scales, all like it's, but across the street. But that like, that my, right my, there, yeah. that right there mm-hmm. to me is like a classic case of nature versus nurture because mm-hmm. your nature, and and this is just an intriguing thought to me. Like I don't have an answer to this, but every time I see a scenario where those lines blur between nature and nurture, I always call it out. And I look at that situation as one of those where it's like, bro, you don't have to grow up around your father to be just like him in certain ways. And that could yeah. be a great thing, and that can also be a horrible thing, depending Absolutely. on what you're becoming. So, all right, so it, it depends on how it depends on how you process it. So, so, so to that point, um, because I because my fuel was hate and anger towards my father, I honestly, and I could be totally wrong. This isn't scientific. This is just experience. Most of the time, when you spend your time hating something, you begin to turn and you begin to transform into that one thing you hate because you spend so much time focusing on that one aspect. I believe so it. You see it all the time. Off that. <laughs> yeah, you see that it with, with people like um, I, I see so many people like, man, my pops were never there. Like, did did did, and then it's like, yeah, but now you, you got six be. kids and you not there, and so it's like yeah. when you hate something, I think what happens is the reason you become it is because you only hold who you hate accountable for their actions, but you don't hold yourself accountable. So it's really an accountability issue where it's like, I'm becoming you because I'm holding you accountable for things that I don't hold myself accountable for. That's good. And that also helps you understand why. The whole why. So me becoming just like my father, good and bad. It helped me to understand that this monster that I thought my dad was, I had the first, I had the firsthand experience on how he got there. So it was no longer this huge offense that he created against me. It was, oh, this happened to my dad. Yeah. So they started making me think about how did my grandfather treat my father? And, you know, oh, that's, how did my dad? <laughs> that's a and whole he, different thing, bro. Because that, like, yeah. I again, you know, this, today ain't about my personal situation, but. I ain't know my grandfathers, but I've learned about them. And mm-hmm. I'll just say, like, the one who passed, for instance. Like, I never met homie, my biological grandfather. Because that's another thing, too. Like, when you get into step, that just made me think. Like, you know, my, my granddad who passed away, 
who was quote unquote, he's not my biological granddad, but he's the granddad I had and knew, you know what I mean? I had Mm -hmm. two of those who neither one of them were my biological, but one of them, I don't even think I knew he wasn't my biological grandfather until he passed. Like I don't even know that I knew that when he was alive because he was my guy. So the two granddads I had were not my biological granddads. And this is where, this is even where the step thing is so interesting to me because you could be calling somebody by title step and the relationship they have is greater than the biology. So it's like mm-hmm. my, my grandfathers who I never knew, I just got I just call them my grandfathers, but my grandfathers who I knew had relationship with invested time in me and passed mm-hmm. away. It's like, well, I got to say, Oh, my step. It's just weird. But, um, the, the, the overall point I guess I'm making is like in the midst of all of this is all of these complexities and, and layers behind like how yeah. you define people's relationship. Um, and I think it's dope when you just, again, talk about learning how to be a stepfather, because these are all, all we really doing today is being real about. These are the dynamics that people have to think through, um, yeah. that you've had to think through and still are having to go through um at home so so what is the fathership project though so my bad because i we got a little away from that i want to make sure that um people have a clear understanding of like you know what you're doing we know a little bit about the behind the scenes but like what are you doing now you talked about it being part about leaving a legacy for your sons so what does Mm -hmm. that look like okay so first the fathership project the fathership is a relationship between a father and his child and how that relationship sets the tone for that child's life. I love and it. We go through we go through those dynamics from daughters and how they feel about their fathers to men and how they feel about their dads and how those kids become parents or become uncles and mentors and husbands and and, and believe it or not, the interaction and relationship that they have with that father or lack thereof defines a lot of their worldviews. So the fathership project it's my opportunity to one expose these negative these negative connotations have dialogue about it and try to enforce and if i can say this like project reconciliation because okay. i'm all about reconciliation like the like we we're we have grown into a world where i don't need this because i have something better and like you said god's grace we can't survive it may not kill you but if you think about it, how much more could it benefit you if you could have everything God intended to you and more? Because my whole perspective with my son is that he has a father. And when his biological father is ready, because it's a lot to deal with on his end for whatever he's dealing with, because the dynamic changed from him having a child with a woman to now this woman has a husband and a family and you have to come in. You know, like it's, it's a power shift and there's a lot of things that he'll have to psychologically deal with first before he can even kind of think through it. Now, don't get me wrong. As a man, and honestly, I, I, all those are great excuses. I actually talked about it in my, last, you know, my, my show, that allowing excuses to be a parent is why so many kids are out here angry and hurt because fathers are okay with letting excuses be the parent versus them be parents and stop living off excuses. So while there are great reasons and excuses, they're just that, but I do recognize that people have challenges. So I want to start to have the conversation that we can try to, you know, push reconciliation that we can try to forgive and build through because one, God forgave us. So 
You can yeah. be self-righteousness. I can be self-righteousness. I, I'm talking about, I've had, you know, I mean, you had little baby, so, you you know, sleep, don't, they don't care about what time you got to go to work in the morning. I've had those days. I passed out at work, or almost passed out being up. I didn't put in the blood, sweat, and tears. And there's a reality that the parent that's not involved, and this is very weird, I can't, I, this is not science, this is spirit, they're the hero. Wow. <laughs> like the, the, the father, gotcha. like I said, I, he's the hero. He's, he's the man. And yeah, I learned if, if he come early, on the scene. He is. He, he's, he's popped up once or twice and gave a basketball. My son treats that ball like it's the Holy Grail. And because I grew up in a world where my mom was hurt by my father, my father was hurt by my mother, that they made sure that they attacked each other's names to me, I know what that does to a child. So for me, the worst thing, the most damaging thing you can do to a son to tear up the image of the person that they are supposed to love and look up to. Man, I have, so I have, yeah, go ahead. So it's like you know taking who's his Superman and and, yeah, and, and turning them, yeah, and and pulling out the kryptonite. But okay, so there's a couple dynamics of what I like about what you're doing. Number one, because you're taking something and father in, in in this fathership, this fathership, this relationship with a a child and their father, and and there are so many dynamics to it. We know that there's a, a huge issue, especially in the world today, as fathers are kind of being um, discredited and diminished in, in, mm-hmm. in the image of what is put out today. But what I really, mm-hmm. really like is, number one, it was um, created off of the concept of giving back to your sons and something that's really personal. Like, And you talked about legacy. I think just creating this is legacy because you will always be able to go to Carter and say, Mm -hmm. look, our relationship birthed this. And I know there's going to be so many great conversations you have, but the last thing I'll say about that is the fact that you're focusing on reconciliation. I think so many people want to talk about problems just to talk about them. But after we get all Mm -hmm. stirred up and riled up, it's like, all right, now what do I do? Now now that you made me hate my father. So mm-hmm. you still hurt, you still lost, and at the end of the day, you are. It is in your DNA to love and desire this person. True story about my son. You know, my son. So, like I said, I was very adamant, and my everybody would thought it was weird. You know, I reached out to his father. I was tracking him. I was almost like a baby mama. I was trying to find him <laughs> because because I know how important it is. You know, wow. what I'm like I was mad at my dad because my dad's presence wasn't his pri- wasn't a priority because he was raised to take care of me. I never wanted for nothing. I had the joy. I kept stuff. Yeah. I kept stuff. But, all, but my, I, don't, I can't wear a size four shoe no more or that chain I had or that nugget. Right. Like, right. I can't, none of that. But I, but I don't have the memories of spending time to lay up, laying up under my pops. And that created resentment. So the fathership project is to one, maybe I can't, you can't cuddle back up under your pops since you're 34 years old, but his presence still matters. His presence still matters to him. And there's a lot of men that are upset and angry at the world and just people in general because they dad's presence. They just wasn't there. You're the first person I'm supposed to care about. So the project is about reconciliation because I know those core things matter. So, you know, in his, yeah, no, no, that's that's great. I mean, again, man, I think this is an amazing thing you're doing. And I see this going far, man, just because there's so much substance behind it. And so many people that need help, like there's so much you could do with this. 
um, where can people listen at? Like, cause it's a show like, so fathership, we know what it's about. Like, what is it? Is it a weekly podcast we listen to? So, so is it right resources? Now, yeah. Go ahead. So the fathership, so yeah, the fathership project, um, within itself is a podcast. Um, it's a conversation starter. So the community that I'm building, it's all on the website. So the Demetrius early dot com is where you go. You can inbox me. Um, I have a couple articles that I put up there as well as the podcast for the conversation. So and I make sure podcast, that in the description of this show, yeah, the web, yeah. the website, and wherever they can a wanna, link to the show will be in there. Yeah, because what I want to do with the podcast, the podcast is my base. I want to start the conversations first. Cause I want, I want people, cause you can't, you don't even, we don't know. I didn't know I was mad at my dad or I didn't know that I didn't care about certain relationships because of, I was mad at my pops. So I have to start talking about this stuff and exposing certain behaviors and having, you know, the, to, to spark up the dialogue for you to be like, Oh, I need that. So then, cause I do offer, uh, we do offer fathership coaching, which I've done and I'm doing that. That's like behind the scenes. And that's what changed great as I'm still trying to build the, you know, criteria and the curriculum. But like I said, it's all based on the podcast, starting the conversations, because if you can just see what the problem is, then you can at least understand what you may be looking looking ahead of. Okay, so you, you got DemetriusEarly.com. You said you... Okay, that's where everything is at. We'll have that in the show notes. And you talked about, like, you know, fathership coaching. Now, let me ask you a question. Is... Who is this geared to? Is is this geared towards the mother, the single mother? Is this geared toward the father itself, or is this geared towards yeah. the child? Unfortunately, this is for men because I'm a man. Now, if in um, as things progress, I'm pretty sure as a team is built, you know, women can come in. But I'm 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 only here to speak to men, and this will come to the father or the son because I'm both. Okay, um, got I'm you. A, yeah, because I'm a son regardless, and I'm also a father. So I'm focusing my efforts and my coaching. To men. Just I think to, for now, want, yeah. for what you just, know, I like, mean, yeah, for what yeah, you, for sure. but I, I think there's, so what I would say to the women out there is there's definitely value if you're a single mother in getting the male perspective on this issue, because I think meet so many people find themselves in this situation mm-hmm. and were never taught how to be a stepfather, how to be a stepmother. Like people just find themselves, they thought they wanted it. It all sounds good, you know, at the wedding, at the reception and the pictures. But when you have to live this thing out, it could be challenging. So I that's think. Good. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. No, I'm saying that's good because I got some. You just kind of. Sweet. You kind of gave me some ideas and some other things I want to touch on with the uh, with the podcast. But no. So. Being a step parent. <laughs> the challenge of being a step parent is because one, you put a, you put something in front of step parent. You know, you put parent, you put something that, so you've already added something. That already Second class. From the, yeah, so so, you, so you're adding distractions from the goal. Parent is is the mission, and being a parent don't have nothing to do with the parent. It has yeah. Everything to do with the child. So now I've added step parent. Now, uh, step parent. Now let's add how I feel about the the child's biologicals, and then let's add um, if me and the mama break up. Like there, there are so many dynamics and pronouns, and add, we add so much to something that we lose sight of the main goal and focus. And it's the kid. 
So, yeah. So everything is about the child. So, so the best, you know, for me, the best thing that I've learned about being a stepfather is one that I don't need that step there. I like the word bonus dad. All the names are dope, but I'm I'm focusing on the mission, and that's the father part. So that means my focus is on it. my that's on my son. So like go back to his father. So whether his father missed, I'm talking about. I, I spent I covered. We had you know we've we're finding creative ways to have the conversation with my son as he matures to understand as as, as we continue to keep his hero the hero of the story. And as yeah. he gets older, he matures, he'll be able to have conversations with him as first. But, but you know what that does? Make, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Your job he, is what? My job is to make sure that he that the image of of, a, of the man that he's supposed to look up to it, it stays intact. I gain nothing from tearing down that tearing down that man. Um, he, I mean, I gain a lot from my pride because it made me feel better. Because at the end of the day, I put in the blood, sweat, and tears. You know, what if he come back? You know, my son goes to the NBA and his daddy all in the pictures. I would feel away. Right, my emotions, but I can't ignore that. I have I I I have memories now that he can't buy, that he can't recite. I can send them pictures, but they're not here. They're mine. Can't nobody steal that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you can never take away. And like, Mm -hmm. but that made me think of too is like, by doing it the way you're doing it, you allow him to make that decision at the proper time. And I think one of the issues with how people parent today in general is they take away the child's virtue and innocence without yes. the child. It's like, even when you look at like the music that people expose their children to, it's like, it's kids mm-hmm. that listen to music about sex. Like, bro, like you're, you're taking them, you're taking something from them and never giving them the chance. So by you kind of raising him in this way, keeping the hero the hero, what will happen mm-hmm. is number one, it gives his pops a little time to hopefully get himself together and at some point sure. get it right. right. But if Absolutely. he doesn't, when the proper time is there, then Carter will be able to say, hey, this is how I feel about it. And I think that's when that dynamic goes to another level. But you you mm-hmm. said something, too. Like, so what would you say to people out there that's like, bro, I feel you, but, you know, I ain't worried about is that I'm the one paying for this, this and this. For sure. Like how, how does a person, how does a person get to this point of wanting reconciliation, even if in their pride and in their emotion, in their flesh, they like, man, bump that. Um, he ain't never got to come back. For sure. No, it makes sense. And the one part I did miss the, the, <laughs> the toughest thing about of, of desire reconciliation is understanding that I became a better father as I studied the father. So as I learned all these all right. dope characteristics that my, my biological father has, and then I started reading the Bible and I started growing and maturing as a as a Christian and understanding the characteristics of God, yeah. understanding the characteristics of a father, I began to understand what a real father is. Okay, you know that that right there is that's a lesson for us all. Like when you think about fathership, to your point, mm-hmm. first we have to look at the relationship that God the Father had with us. And yeah. I think sometimes, you know, most of the times that should allow us to step That's back and have a, yeah, have a little bit of humility. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yo, when we messed up, what was God's response to his children? It's forgiveness. It's grace. Right. It's mercy giving us an opportunity to get ourselves together when we have the desire to. And that's the key. Right. Because what will happen mm-hmm. is at some point, the desire of his father will become evident to him 
And if his father mm-hmm. doesn't desire to come, then now that is, again, a decision that y'all are leaving up to him. Now, you said something. You said another thing that's interesting. If he makes it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the best example I have off of this is Shaq. Shaq, yeah. his dad wasn't there. He was raised by a stepdad. And his stepdad was, you know, saved his life. I've heard him tell the story. He was on the wrong path as a teenager, and he came in as a um, an army guy, I believe, at least a military guy. And uh, Shaq credits his stepdad with, like, saving his life, and they had a great relationship before he passed. And then I heard Shaq tell a story about meeting his biological father. So I think there's a couple of elements here that I want to bring up. Number mm-hmm. one, I think sometimes people don't understand that when you decide to be a, become a step parent, you really are deciding. It's almost because, like you said, the step is in there. You're almost deciding that the title for this job will not be as great as my efforts towards this job. So cool. you could call me a cashier at McDonald's, but I'm going to be mopping the lobby. I'm going to be dropping fries. <laughs> like, so, yeah, like... I guess I'm just curious of what you think about those dynamics of like, yo, the way Shaq did it, the way his his stepfather um, really played that role. But then at some point, mm-hmm. Shaq did reconcile with his father, but it was never the relationship that he had with his stepfather. Like, can you connect any I, of those dots? Yeah, I think it was one. I think it was disheartening to hear that, you know, the timing of when his father showed himself. Which yep. is very, very interesting to me. And then... um but it also shows how Shaq handled it, the character that is of the man his stepfather helped to cultivate. Um, because man. I've heard other stories where I can fill my son with bitterness and hate and get everything I need. And then when his father decides or whatever, he can dog him and I feel like, yeah. But I, that that that's not who I want my son to be. You know what I'm saying? That's, because that's not the model that God set before me with his son. You know what I'm saying? Like I, we have a blueprint on the fathership relationship is is there. And that's how I want that's how I want to model it. Now so to the person that's oh man, you know, bump him, this, that and forth, listen. The only reason I'm chasing after re, you know reconciliation, I know that's important because I needed to be reconciled. And it costs somebody's life to reconcile me. So at the very least, I can cost my emotions and my feelings and my pride for reconciliation. You know what just hit? Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. My bad. Well, I was just saying that what's tough is that because there are so many dynamics. That means one, we do so much garbage to one another. We we like the baby mama, baby daddy. That whole first of all, calling baby mama, baby daddy because that dehumanizes the 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 ability that somebody has to create life as a man and woman comes together. The miracle that takes place. And for us to demean it as the baby mama, baby, like we treat it's so wild how we even approach it. It's horrible. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) It's so, it's it's literally, people talk about, I pray and we don't, I don't see miracles. The one, I'm sorry, women are walking around with growing people in their bodies. The only way we get here. (laughs) (laughs) The only way we get here. I don't know how that's not, that's a great, I don't know how that's not a miracle. Uh, Here's what I wanted to say. You And you just made me think of this, man. Step-parents save lives. Yeah. And here's why. Um, not just even going off of, you know, different people. I'm not going to put people's stories or situations yeah. and 
things like that out there. This is about fathership and, and your family today. But what I will say is the reason I'm saying step parents save lives. Now, first, I want to say every situation is not created equal. So I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I'm speaking for everybody in the world. People have situations where there are not great step parents and things like that. So we're focusing on the good ones, folks. So that's another <laughs> that's another episode and another topic for the bad yeah. ones. But and they are out there. I understand that. Um, but what I the reason I say they save lives, at least when they're sent by God. Right. And when they're purposed by God, because even if I'm looking at your situation. Let's say Carter's dad decides he's going to come back in his life when Carter is 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't mm-hmm. think that's, I hope that, you know, hoping and praying yeah. your situation works out the best. But what I, I'm kind of, I'm trying not to use people. And since we talk about your situation, I'm using that. But um, it, if a step, if a father decides I'm going to come into the life at 17, 18, and maybe that father gets his life together. Maybe he gets saved and something mm-hmm. changed, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is this. Those first 18 years of that child's life don't get to be redone. So yeah, the reason won't. I say that step parents save lives in this scenario where a step parent is stepping in when the, when the parent is absent in particular, I'm being specific to this scenario, step parents save lives because if you weren't there for Carter, he would literally right now be growing up without a father. Mm-hmm. And so. Statistically, it, he would be way worse off. And, and that's what Shaq made me think of. Like Shaq's situation is like my, my stepfather saved my life because I was literally going down the wrong path. Now we can make the assumption that him not having his father had something to do with that because mm-hmm. having a father literally created Shaq. Like, and here's, exactly. here's what I want to say too. And I'm gonna let you say something. He might not have been seven feet and physically helped create who we know as Shaq. And we kind of sum Shaq up as being a big guy, mm-hmm. but he gave Shaq the mindset, the discipline. Um, Shaq to this day is a great businessman. Like he developed mm. that part of Shaq. And there's much more to people than just their genetic, physical makeup. Um, there's a person in there that needed to be developed. So step parents yeah. save lives. What you think? I mean, first, I mean, just to that aspect, like I said, um, we don't control, I mean, you know, we don't control the genes anyway. So we working with what we got. True. So like I said, so what's, what, this is how amazing, this is how amazing God is and how thoughtful God. Okay. So Shaq's father probably had a lot to do with Shaq's build, his body, his, his athleticism, right? So he had a purpose, right? But his stepfather also was able to cultivate and do because we know everybody know that one big gumpy person that just fall and ain't check. It, it's only That's, gonna be one check, right? You know what I'm saying so, 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 so it's so specific how that you can come in and step in. But I, I didn't want to speak to the one thing. There's two sides of reconciliation that I that I that I focus on with the fathership project is because I'm not just speaking from the stepfather who was all understanding and come on, you know, other, you know, real dad. Come on. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> right, I'm right. Also, I, That's not I every scenario. Also, yeah, I know it's not. It's some garbage that happened. Like I said, humans, we've done some terrible things to one another. And just to say, oh, just forgive. That's hard. That's why I say God is the model. And because of the terrible things that we do as a human race <laughs> and the terrible things that happen to Christ, 
I can't be too prideful in what I need to forgive because Christ was innocent. So now we ain't none of us innocent. So we ain't none of us that justified. So so that so that's my bar. When I when I think about man, I ain't about to let that happen. I go back to well, man, Jesus did this for me. So yeah, and we don't, also, we don't know what that father dealing with too. Like, exactly, and that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's just a reason for us to understand because we can't control it anyway. There it's you about have understanding it. on my aspect to have the door open because on the other side of reconciliation, I want to tell the father, you waited 18 years. And that's like I said, and that's why it's okay when we talk about my situation. So I talk to the dad. We, he, he knows where I stand and I understand it's weird. First of all, I know it's weird because I'm like, hey, man, come on. You ain't got to come. Child before we ain't chasing after you. You just can just be here. You just hit a lick. Kinda. Right, like, right. No, I don't trust you. Y'all waiting. For, no, no. You know, you, you don't know because historically, we supposed to be beefing. Him and my wife supposed to be beefing. I'm supposed to be swinging on him and swinging on me. Like, it's supposed to be so much drama. So, so when you meet somebody who's not on that, you don't really understand because we're used to dysfunction. So It doesn't. Righteousness and... <laughs> Biblical principles <laughs> don't make sense all the time. When you like, whoa, wait a minute, you forgive me? They don't. Hold on, what For you real? mean? Like, why? Like, like what you, why? What's, what's going on? It's a setup. Like, what you mean yeah, you forgive so, me? No, that's a good right. point. Yeah. I don't owe you nothing. I don't got hoes. I got to, like, no. What if I start coming around? Do I got to pay? Like, it's, but I know even there's this, a lot of reserves. But even this, Meech, it, like, you're actually, when I say step-parents save lives, even in how you are being led by God, to care so much about Carter and Croy and Chase. But I, I really think this is, you know, like sometimes as a stepchild, step parent, when you put that mm -hmm. step there, even when it's not there, the person feels less than. And, yes, that's, yeah, absolutely. And, and they're overlooked. What I think is so dope is what you're teaching Carter right now that you might even think he's not paying attention to. You're these are actually life lessons already that you're laying out by example. Like this is mm. how you treat another man in a situation like this. Yeah. This is how you handle yeah. this. Um that that, that saves point. lives. That's true. And that's and that's exactly that's it. That's the point. First of all, like I grew up in a home where we had, you know, step kids. So I had a stepsister who, you know, didn't look like us, didn't have the same last name. So she felt alone. I immediately have to, you know, I got to make sure my son not going to feel like that. You know, so I, so yeah. my job is catered to, one, fixing the problems that I watched happen because, that, like I said, I watched my sister. I love her to death. It affected her. So those are challenges that she had to fight through. But back yeah. to the point, I want, I want the fathers to know, you've been gone for 18 years. You've been gone for 12 years. Six, listen, you can still come back. It goes back to how Christ looks at it. As long as I'm alive. I have the opportunity that before Jesus come back, I have the opportunity to be reconciled. The and prodigal father. Yeah. Listen, we need there's so many kids who mad at their dads and the dads are scared to deal with the son being mad at you when you come back that they choose to not be present when the kids still want you there even if they mad at you. But you'll do so much more damage by staying gone versus just being gone too long. All right, we gotta talk about this real quick before we go. Cause you just opened up a whole nother Pandora's box for me. Everybody always talk about the prodigal sons <laughs> or the prodigal son, right? That The whole story yeah. is about the prodigal son. Nobody yeah. ever really focuses on the prodigal father. And like the example that 
this my son just went out, blew all his money, went Why out there, not? did all this Don't crazy stuff. But when he came back, I welcomed him with open arms. I celebrated to the point that to mm -hmm. the other son, it didn't even make sense. That's what I mean by like reconciliation, righteousness, bi biblical principles. They don't make they sense don't. because it's like people would be looking at you. It's probably people that's listening to this show like, oh, he wilding, dog. I ain't. But it's like, no. Oh, no I dealt with him for sure. They're like, yeah, bro, you, you, you're doing too much. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I'm a father, though. Like, that's, that's kind of the point. You're a prodigal <laughs> you know, like, father. That's, oh, yeah. that's different. Well, bless my son. That's yeah. different. A prodigal father. Like that's 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 another level of of understanding. That's another level of forgiveness, because even in the, even though in that scenario he was forgiving his son, he still was the prodigal father. It was the the principle in it. Now I'm gonna tell you something else dope about the Bible. The Bible don't say step parents step like, and I give the example of like Joseph, Joseph mm -hmm. and all his brothers. They didn't uh -huh, they didn't have they, the same exact, correct like, exactly. It, it yeah. didn't say step. You know what I'm saying? It ain't say, and that's why I never, man, if, if somebody called one of my brothers or sisters a step brother or stepsister, we might have to square up right there. And I'm a nonviolent person. Cool. We might have to fight. Because <laughs> it's, it's pointless. I mean, it's it's a dig for somebody who's there because if you're not present, then you don't, you don't, you don't have a title. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a CEO because I don't own a company. So why add an asterisk to somebody who's actually performing? Man, it's, like, that's, it's, it's just tough. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if the, the we got relationship, like, what what are you talking about? Like, step, hey. like that. I I don't really like that. You know, what I'm saying? I'm just being honest, but that's part of the complexity of the world that we live in. But I do love that when you read the word, it doesn't. I don't know where we got that from. I don't know who introduced. Like, man, it's a defense mechanism because, like, like my mom. When I grew up, my mom, I got a stepmother. And I called her stepmother because you're not my mama, right? Like, I, that's yeah. my, you're not my mama. And I had to deal, and she, and she had to pay for that to the point where, like I told you, when my son got christened, so this is 30 years later, that when they asked her, you know, when you christen a kid, they all ask, you know, what relation to the family. My dad says, oh, I'm his, you know, I'm his grandfather. My, my uh, stepmother, as I called her, she said, I'm a friend of the family. She needs to consider herself a grandparent. Wow. Because... Cause I, cause she, I taught, I called her stepmother, her whole life. So all I did was put a line in the sense to let her know where she wasn't, where she wasn't. And that's like you say, go back to the Bible. God never put those lines. You know what I'm saying? Like He came to, you know, not to go too far. He just came to all those lines, all the, you know, Gentile, all that stuff. He came and he erased all that. Like yeah, like family. he didn't come here to enhance those things. He came here to to unite us by faith. Like to show us that being united in Christ is deeper than your biology. Like, oh, this is my biological this or that. It's like, no, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers and sisters, not stepbrothers and sisters, because it's like, oh no, you this, you white, I'm black, you can no, it's we're brothers and sisters in Christ because God is showing us that to be united in faith, and this might be crazy, is actually deeper than to be united in biology. Everything we yeah. look at is the biological part. This is my biological parent, this is this. But the relationship is deeper than that. And That's you know, dope. 
and you know, I'm not saying like to anybody out there listening, because some people I've seen people use the step parent, step mom, step dad gracefully. We are definitely yeah, not like, yeah, I, they, yeah, they, they, they might just be comfortable in that skin and have that understanding. Nobody's like taking a shot at y'all. But what I will say is part of what this I think is about is showing like, number one, step parents, um, step brother, step step. It just sometimes it's a demotion. Yeah. If you it's a tear. I mean, even if it's a good tear, you created a tear in a place that is I mean, it's not because what's up about what you just said about how Christ like how he came and he connected us all. The difference between us being connected by biology is because there's no work in it. There's no equity. Like you're just you we just we relate it by blood, you know. I ain't have to do nothing for that. No real Christ, working relationship. Christ had to give like that's direct he had to die to to reconnect us. There's a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and, re- and actual intentional relationship that made that happen. You weren't just born with that. You know, you weren't just born, oh, I, I just got this. No, it was, it, you know, it was working. So, yeah, that's, me, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope because yeah. what ends up happening, man, is it talks about the, like, we're talking about the power of relationship and in particular fathership. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a powerful um, position that guides people's lives literally like not figuratively like there are people whose lot there are people who are hurt and bitter right now today yeah and and so we got it look y'all got to check out meet your show uh the fathership project um and just stay connected to what he's doing with this man i like i commend you bro i think this is special like this is literally special to me i'm like and i'm not just saying that um because I think it's addressing something that is almost like taboo, but it doesn't have to be. So you're almost guiding us and teaching us how to have these conversations that no one has ever really wanted. I think this is something people, it, this is like a burning building and everybody running out, but ain't nobody running in. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's tough because it don't feel good. I mean, it's it's a lot of, it's a lot of new, nuances that we can face, but I guarantee Every there's so much fruit in forgiveness and reconciliation. The moment I forgave my father, I became a better man because there were things I had to understand about my father to forgive him, for us to reconcile, that made our relationship better, which made my understanding better, and it I mean, it, it just it just added more equity to my life. It, it really did. I, it's hard for me to explain, but when I when I understood why my, I was so upset with my father, one I understood our relationship and I began to respect him more. So, so all them years I felt neglected and, and, and hurt and, you know, rejected. Now my understanding, I got some of that, I got some of that time back. Like, dang, my dad wasn't rejected. Right. My dad don't, he loved me the way he knew. Yeah, you that's, know what I'm saying? that's all, yeah, he, that's all knew. he knew. And sometimes too, again, that's why I try to look at like, when I look at some of my relationship with my parents, and I'm not going to get into that, but I also try to look at, I'm trying to learn more and more about their relationships with their parents. Because yeah. when you a kid, you don't understand all the dynamics of your grandparents and how they were raised and how they raised your parents. And you can grow up and be like, oh, wow, they was wilding. Like, <laughs> okay, I see what you ain't had the best situation. So that's yeah. part of all of this, too, is like and that's part of reconciliation. That's part of understanding forgiveness in Christ, man. Um, Again, this is dope. Meach, tell us one more time before we get out of here, bro. Um. You know, I'll leave you with the last words, and then I'll also, you know, tell the people how they can get in touch with you. 
Cool. So uh, first and foremost, if you want to follow me, keep up with me everywhere at Meeks Real. You can also check out thedemetriusearly.com. Uh, I have merchandise, podcasts, the book, the blogs, contact information, and truthfully enough, real estate information. If you are interested in selling your creative, go ahead and build wealth and uh, new generation wealth without joining Forex. So we can do that. Um, and the only thing I will want to say is, and I'll end it here, is that, like I said, you are, we have, we have grew up in a world where we see miracles happen every day. And because of how amazing God is to continue to give them to us, we, we ignore them. Creating people, relationships, being able to bond with somebody is something that we are literally fighting for right now today which is more proof of how important it is. And I think that with every frivolous thing that we've been angry about, that we've loved, if you see in today's one of the most important things that people are missing and want to do is connect, hug, touch somebody. And that means something. So, Yo, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate you jumping on the show today, man. Listen, God's people. Learn how to be a step-parent, because step-parents save lives. Today was all about the Fathership Project from my homeboy, Meech Real, Demetrius Early. Check him out, show him some love. And if not, we forgive you. (laughs) God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.